local talk weekday mornings. The Morning Drive News Talk WVMT. Welcome back to The Morning Drive, everybody. Kurt and Anthony winding our way toward 9 o'clock. And joining us in studio now, it is the, we call him the legendary reporter, because he is. He's done it so long. He was, how many years with the Free Press? Uh, 46. 46. 46. I haven't even been alive that long. (laughs) Right. (laughs) It's Mike Donahue. Good morning, Mike. Morning, gentlemen. So, uh, Mike... I know you've covered, uh, were you surprised at all with the announcement in the last, last few days that the uh, Franklin County State's Attorney uh, Lavoie had, uh, has decided to resign? Not, not really. I, I thought it would be just a matter of time before he would uh, probably realize that the handwriting was on the wall. I think he had, uh, you know, as he apologized... He said, this is the way I've always been, and uh, he's suddenly he's now elected to run the office, and I think people took offense that he was in charge, which I still have not understood why there was never any complaints publicly made available during his 35 years working as a deputy state's attorney in Franklin, Wyndham, Bennington County, in some other state jobs that nobody ever said. Well, he's making comments that uh, make for a hostile work environment. It's, I would, I've, I find that kind of remarkable that no, there were no complaints prior. Yeah, I mean, where were they? Yeah, and then the investigation was only from the day he got sworn in, February first, forward. Forward. Do you think it's a simple matter of before people? It might have happened, but people just tolerated it as opposed to now he's the guy that's in charge of the office, the boss. Well, I think there was some of that. I think uh, there's a couple of people in the office that did not want him to win the election. And, oh. you know, they were backing the other, the other person. And- yeah. But, what, but ultimately, he, I mean, when you resign, it's... It's not a formal admission of guilt, but certainly it feels like if you thought you were you were innocent of the charges, you'd continue to fight them. I mean, at least it gives the perception that he knows he, whether true or not, it feels like it gives the perception that you're admitting you did something wrong. Yeah, and I think he did apologize mm-hmm. for any comments that people may have find, found offensive that I may have made or something like that. I mean, I think that was a minimum that somebody in those kind of situations yeah. has to do that, you know, see, I didn't realize that the joke I told was yeah. offensive to you. Now, you, um, this is speculation, but do you think that the impeachment committee was going to recommend that the full house impeachment impeach uh, the state's attorney? I think there were probably going to be articles of impeachment uh one of the questions I had asked was, did they have a preliminary report mm-hmm. that they shared, like oftentimes happens, you know, like with the Vermont State Police when they're closing in on an internal investigation, they will say, this is what our report is probably going to say. And a lot of troopers end up resigning rather than yeah. 
going through the whole formal process. No. So I think I so I questioned, you know, were, did you have a weather report that you gave him? And it was like, no, we had no report, but we were still collecting evidence, Just as, still gathering evidence. As a member of the media, how concerned were you, or were you, that the the meetings were all held executive sessions in secret? The Speaker of the House, of course, had said it's going to be an all open, transparent process. I'm guessing she regretted saying that afterwards. <laughs> uh, but they all were. Or, or do you under, do you look at it and say, I understand they had to do some of this in private. Are you going to ask for some documents to, now that this now that this part of the impeachment proceeding is ended, at least with John, with Gris, with uh, with Lavoy, but not with Grismore? Yeah. No, I th- we'll probably ask for them. I think we're going to be shut down. They've made it clear. Uh, I still didn't understand why the total secrecy, the Vermont Press Association, the Vermont Association of Broadcasters, and some others had filed protests. Uh, they closed the hearing without even hearing from those parties. It was a, an appeal, and they just still said, they're we're using, not going to because we're trying to protect the privacy of the, the witnesses. But the reality is those same witnesses, if there was an impeachment, would have had to come in later and testify, on, yeah. much like they do in open court. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have a system in this country of people being able to face their accusers in public. The analogy that the, that they are using is that it's like a grand jury investigation and that they're trying to... Uh, keep it as as uh, confidential as possible. I I know, but it doesn't hold water. But, you know, but they also, they're judge and jury on this Mm kind of... Now, what about the other other impeachment uh, uh, investigation on the sheriff in Franklin County? Where's that standing? Uh, That one had taken sort of a backseat to this one. Um... as some of your listeners may remember, there was an investigation by Paul Frank and Collins that the state's attorneys and sheriffs had done on John Lavoy. So they they had a pretty good jumping off point. Mm-hmm. All they have on Sheriff Grismore is the video where he is kicking or shoving with his foot the intoxicated prisoner. But now there's some other issues about the financial end of the sheriff's department that they're looking into that the state auditor has brought to their attention. They have had to go out and hire Downs, Rackland, and Martin, Tim Doherty, who's a former assistant U.S. attorney, to really do an investigation. And a Burlington City Councilor now. And, and Burlington City Councilor, yep, new. And he, uh, they're spending up to $75,000 for that report to have him investigate the financial aspects and to do some of the legwork much like Paul Frank and Collins had done on the John LaVoy thing. So the impeachment he, committee had been waiting to dig really dig into the Grismore case, the sheriff in Franklin County, and they were waiting to conclude the LaVoy part of it first. Is that right? And now they're going to start really digging in on the Grismore impeachment proceeding or I, committee? I think they did some preliminary work with Grismore, including hiring Tim Doherty, but, but not now, to the extent of bringing in all the witnesses like they did in the uh, John Lavoy case. They had 31 witnesses, 
so far come in on the Lavoie case. I'm not sure. Again, it's all behind closed doors. Right. Uh, so we don't know how many witnesses may have come in on Grismore. Yep. So, but now they're clearly going to start moving on the Grismore case. And well, not quite right away. They're going to take a little break. The uh, Grismore report is not due until sometime in October. So, uh, Arn Lalone, the chair of the committee, said they're pretty much going to take a month off. I think they're going to meet once at least in September just to see where they are. We're talking to longtime reporter Mike Donahue here on The Morning Drive this morning. If you have a question for Mike about this case or any other one, give us a call. The McKenzie Country Classic Hotline, 888-414-0303. Uh, Mike, let's talk a little bit about uh, one of the columns that you have written just recently is titled, Inmate Who Got Prison Guard Pregnant Pleads Not Guilty in Gun Case. Can you talk a little bit about that case? Yeah, this this was sort of an interesting case several years ago where a female guard down at a prison in Windsor County became pregnant from one of the inmates. And uh, uh, just around that time, uh, you had introduced legislation that <laughs> made it inappropriate <laughs> or illegal. for guards <laughs> right. illegal, uh, to, uh, to have uh, sexual relations uh, with... <laughs> I was going to say, how does that happen? But I know how it happened. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, in the closet or bathroom, but I think how, it was. You know, but how does, the, uh, it is a, a strange story, but, you know, I mean, it's certainly guards and inmates shouldn't be having sexual relations. <laughs> and it was odd. I think As whatever that should. was, 2006, it, we found out that. Vermont didn't have a law that says. Right. <laughs> we're the last one in the country. We're right? the last one. Yeah. And and uh, <laughs> Kurt was a primary sponsor on that bill. I would uh, acknowledge, and uh, I think it sailed through. <laughs> I think they were all like, "Really, we don't have this." And <laughs> but uh, so anyway, uh, and the irony was that at the time they were going to charge the the female guard, and the prisoner came forward and said, "Oh well, I'm the one who really put the hit on her." You shouldn't hold her. And so she pled to a misdemeanor. Uh, <laughs> but then he turned around and sued the corrections department, claiming they hadn't protected him. Anyway, fast forward to, to earlier this year, the Hartford Police Department and the ATF do a raid on a house, and uh, they found he had a uh, firearm in the house. Uh, He's a convicted felon. He actually got a 20 to 30 year sentence at one point for being a career criminal habitual offender. And so uh, they're now been charged in uh, federal court with uh, possession of a firearm. And they're still living happily ever after. I was going to say. (laughs) So the the, place where you find love. Yeah. Love, love, in lo- all the love, wrong places. Love pops up everywhere. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're live on the morning drive. Yes. Good morning. In my opinion, the most important facility in this state, due to its mission and you know the, the what's what's happening in society today, is the police academy. Much more important than anything you'll find in Montpelier. But I've also heard that they are have a lot of problems there. I've, 
staff exodus. They're really short staff, people quitting and leaving, a director that won't, doesn't show up for work, all while trying to train recruits. Have you heard any rumbling about the police academy? Um, I, ha- I have heard uh, some. I do know that uh, they've had a couple of people leave. Uh, it's one of those ones I've heard a little bit of both sides. Uh, and at some point, I just probably will dig into it. Uh, I, I just heard the other day that another person had left down there and it's going to go work uh, for a federal agency. So um, I don't know much more than that that uh we'll see what we can find out um i want to go back to that case just for one the one you were talking about just a minute ago um the inmate and the the guard Mm -hmm. so in this case the guard was the female the guard was a female female the inmate that was a male and did you say that the male inmate had sued the state for not protecting him from the female guard at one point there's a there was a lawsuit in which he claimed you know, after she after. had pled, <laughs> right after and, she and he went had through, come forward and said, "It was me." You know, it was me. But then I was thinking, how romantic he fell on the sword for her, yeah. but then just long enough for her to to get the <laughs> to get the sweetheart yeah. misdemeanor instead of the felony. Didn't protect me from <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> love grows where my rosemary goes. Yes, <laughs> but they were together. So, so this this now fast forward to what, thirteen years later or whatever. And what what do you, is there any speculation what prompted the ATF and the Hartford Police Department to raid their house? There was some claims that uh, a probation officer had said that there was some bad drugs going around, and uh, they made a uh, investigation into so that's whether what the drugs the raid. were coming out of. Yeah, that apartment house, mm-hmm. and as part of that they investigation just to find into the apartment weapon. house, they were among those living there. That's what I, I wondered. I'm like, did they, well, they haven't been waiting for 13 years to raid his house to see if he has a weapons <laughs> uh, charge. So that's that. So there's there's a little more to the story there. Yeah, he, bu- yeah. he, bu- he claims he bought the gun at a gun show or a flea market or something. I think down in Brownsboro. You know. Uh oh. <laughs> Uh-oh, it's trouble. Now, uh, Mike, I know you followed the, the story in Burlington where Mayor Weinberger with the whole Taisha Green case where she had the, of course, we know she had the Minneapolis issue where they did an audit of, of her office after they found some, whatever you want to call it, irregularities or questions the council had. They were then attacked by Taisha Green as white supremacists, racists, et cetera, even though there was black counselors and chair of the board is a minority. Uh, then Mayor Weinberger decided, look, we had, I, I suspect there were some questions back here. That's just my suspicion based on some it's sources that I have. But uh, Mayor Weinberger decided, look, with what we've heard in Minneapolis, we need to take have a financial review of the office while she was here. At the city council meeting, she, he, was, he was called, and in the media before that, was called a white supremacist. Were you surprised at that meeting that there was all these charges were made and names were called and yelling and screaming from people in the public forum about it. And one counselor laid out the case and again said that the, that Moreau should apologize and that the committee should look at the, the, what has been done to Taisha green. Were you surprised that there was no response? I know that you followed this from, 
from the mayor, you mean? Or, 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 or even counselors at that time yeah. might have supported him. Well. Or did you think politically he but, couldn't respond? Yeah. I, you know, if you watch some of the video of that, I mean, there was just some people that were just like screaming their heads off. And I think I've learned long ago and probably the mayor's advisors, handlers have told them, you're not going to win this thing. So your best thing is just keep your mouth shut that night and take it like a man and rise above you, it, you know, you know yep. rise above it and, and everything like that. And I think he, uh, you know, I think, you know, he waited a little too long. I think it was four or five days before he then came out and said, no, I'm not racist. And, you know, yeah, all, all the things instead of just, coming out and and I I think it was through a spokesman. I mean, you know, as we know the mayor is not a great communicator. He's <laughs> he he you know, it was funny cuz he was terrible when he first got to be mayor. Then I thought he really sort of improved a little bit for a while. And now he's sort of everybody sort of agrees he's done back down again and I don't know if it's cuz he wants to run for governor or he doesn't know how to handle things or what well i was going to talk to you about the politics of that because as a reporter i mean moreau is in the process right now of making a decision whether he's going to run for re-election it's in march so it's basically six months away now as we head towards september on friday so he'll need to, i think he's acknowledged he needs to make a decision he said he was 50 50 at one time i don't know whether all the all of the all of this stuff has he has affected his decision making process and or lim- or more leaned him because like how much does one individual want to deal with yeah but so what do you think in regard to that and do you think that the mayor eventually wants to run for governor i think he has had thoughts of running for governor i don't know if he still does i mean as he continues in office you know he, he's racking up things that may go against him, you know, like the green case, you know, the hole in the city that people still haven't forgiven him for it. You know, the fact that you can't drive through the city. I mean, it's all a bicycle lane, you know, uh, and, and parking is impossible and expensive when you do overstay your time. And, you know, it's just in the, you know, the shootings, stabbings, not, greatest welcoming city that it used to be so he's got all that on his plate and you think that maybe led to why he just was silent as opposed to kind of getting in their face or uh, no i i think his handlers just said look you i know think they're gonna well. they, they're gonna yeah. come in they're gonna be blazing yeah. their guns and, and you, you aren't gonna win this fight at the city council meeting you know, yep. and and I I was amazed. I I saw in the Vermont Daily Chronicle, which someone I hadn't seen reported anywhere else was this one person talking and somebody coming up and yeah. snatching away the microphone, held the mic to silence them. Yes, you know, and and I'm like, and there's nobody there to control the situation or anything like that. I mean, it just was. Yeah, it was it was it was chaotic. it was out of control. Yeah, the, the politics of it, Mike. Though, do you think there's more risk for Moreau in running and risk losing? It was a close race last time. 
if he wants to be viable for another race? Or do you think that uh, there's more risk politically in him walking away right now? Well, that's a good one. I, I mean, I think he, uh, I guess the question is who would be running against him? <laughs> I mean, I, I, and I do think Phil Scott might go for another term. I Before, I didn't think. But now you so, do. So now I do. He's he's had COVID. He's had the flood, and and I think there were a lot of people thinking, okay, that was going to be Phil's last run. I'm I'm wondering if Bill might go one more. We got work to do, and uh, well, from a personal standpoint, there's two billion dollars in cash in the bank. We learned last week talking <laughs> to Mike Pichak. Uh So I hope he stays around and tries to steward some of that money <laughs> in the right place. <laughs> You know, so that may, you know, get Moreau to say, going to stay. Either I've got to stay or how do I stay viable to run later? Yep. He's going to probably decide in September. That's what we think. That's what we we heard. Want to make a prediction? Think he's going to run or not? I think he'll run one more time. All right, there you are. My legendary reporter Mike Donahue is saying he thinks Moreau will run, run for one more term. One more term. We're going to find out. You play taking bets on that? <laughs> I'll put that. I have a master list of predictions. I'll put that down. <laughs> All one right. more time. Legendary reporter Mike Donahue, thanks for being on the morning drive again. Glad for the invite. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Tomorrow, former city councilor Rachel, Rachel Siegel, who was very active at that city council meeting, and Terry Baricius. Yes, indeed. Right here and only here on the Morning Drive on News Talk WVMT Burlington. From ABC News. I'm Sherry Preston. Just like the I-named storm last year, Ian, Hurricane Idalia is gearing up to be a doozy. ABC Chief Meteorologist Ginger Z on Treasure Island just off St. Petersburg says it's headed for the western shore of Florida while Hurricane Franklin stirs in the Caribbean. These storms would be here no matter what. They're part of nature. But with human-caused and amplified climate change, we have upped the ante. Idalia, an I-named storm. 14 I-named storms in history.